Amen, 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 amen. Praise the Lord. So good to see everybody this Sunday morning. I believe it's time to get into the Word of God today. I believe God's given me a word, a message, and I'd like to share that with you and your audience today. We welcome everyone. We pray for you. We intercede for you. We believe that God has a plan that is specifically tailored for your life if you'll just trust Him. That's what I want to talk to you about today, just trusting God. I want you to take your Bible and open to Psalms 20. We're going to read Psalms 20 and Psalms 21. They're short chapters. Don't get too alarmed. Beginning at verse 1. As David writes, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble. The name of the God of Jacob defend thee. Send thee help from the sanctuary and strengthen thee out of Zion. Remember all thy offerings and accept thy burnt sacrifice, Selah. Grant thee according to thine own heart and fulfill all thy counsel. We will rejoice in thy salvation and in the name of our God we will set up our banners. The Lord fulfill all thy petitions. Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Verse 7 says, Some trust in chariots. And some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen. But we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. Let the king hear us when we call. Chapter 21. The king shall joy in thy strength, O Lord, and in thy salvation. How greatly shall he rejoice. Thou hast given him his heart's desire, and hast not withholden the request of his lips, Selah. For thou preventest him, or welcomed him, with the blessings of goodness. Thou settest a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked life of thee, and thou gavest it him. Even length of days, forever and ever. His glory is great in thy salvation, honor and majesty. Hast thou laid upon him? For thou hast made him most blessed forever. Thou hast made him exceeding glad with thy countenance. For the king trusteth in the Lord. And through the mercy of the Most High he shall not be moved. Thine hand shall find out all thine enemies. Thy right hand shall find out those that hate thee. Thou shalt make them as a fiery oven in the time of thine anger. The Lord shall swallow them up in his wrath, and the fire shall devour them. Their fruit shalt thou destroy from the earth, and their seed from among the children of men. For they intended evil against thee. They imagined a mischievous device which they are not able to perform. 
Therefore shalt thou make them turn their back. When thou shalt make ready thine arrows upon thy strings against the face of them. Be thou exalted, Lord, in thine own strength. So will we sing and praise thy power. Today, again, I want to talk to you about just trusting God. Father, we love you. And we honor you. And more than anything else, with your help and your anointing, I'd like to speak on this subject of trusting you. God, I pray that you open not just my eyes and my heart, but every person under the sound of my voice. May they hear and receive your word and your spirit and revelation this morning. I pray, God, that our hearts be challenged. God, that we'll be moved today by the word of God. I pray today, Father, for lost men and women to be saved, to be completely, radically changed, saved by that resurrection power. New life to emerge from those old ashes. I pray, Father, that your anointing settle in among us. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. You can be seated as we dismiss our children to Children's Church this morning. Like so many this time of year, <clears throat> these allergies and sinuses are wreaking havoc <clears throat> on me. But with God's help, we'll make it through. If you can stand to listen to a crusty old voice this morning, we'll make it through. Uh, Drew's getting me a water, but thank you, Brian. We'll see if that helps any. I'm not much on sipping on water, but sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, right? <clears throat> In order to make it through. Thank you, Drew. Amen. <clears throat> I would say that most of us here today, or at least we should, we know about trusting God. Here's my question today. How many of us actually do trust God? How many of us actually do trust God when life gets challenging? The word trust appears more than 200 times in the Bible and more than 50 times in the Psalms alone. So trusting God is a predominant theme. Wouldn't you agree that trusting God is a predominant theme in the Scripture? The Webster Dictionary defines trust as the belief that someone or something is reliable is good, is honest, or effective. But to redirect somewhat our thinking today, I'd like for us to maybe alter Webster's definition just a little bit and reinsert that trust is 
the belief that God is reliable and that God is good and that God is honest and that God is effective. It was George MacDonald that said, To be trusted is a greater compliment than being loved. To be trusted is a greater compliment than being loved. It was Kendra Tillman who says, You've got to trust that God knows why He has you on this path and ask the Holy Spirit to trust, to ask the Holy Spirit to empower you to run this race with endurance. It was Shane Callahan who says, God wants to develop and to cultivate our trust in Him. Sometimes we just have to trust Him when we don't have all the answers. A little historical background in Psalms chapter 20 and 21. Psalms 20 is a petition from David to God. Psalms 21 is a praise from David to God, to, 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 to give gratitude and, and, and to give thanksgiving. Psalms 20 is a psalm that changes, the tone of the psalms changes from 20 to 21. Psalms 20, the tone is worry, concern, and distress. But the tone of chapter 21 is gratitude, thanksgiving, and praise. Psalm 20 is considered to be a national anthem of sorts because David wrote it, he wrote it to encourage the people of Israel during a time of national distress. Psalms 21 reads, The Lord hear thee in the day of trouble, and the name of God, Jacob, defend thee. So he so, so David points out here that there is some form of national distress. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us what that distress, what particularly it is, but he does remind us in verse 2, he says that help will come to you from the sanctuary, from Mount Zion, which means the place where God's presence dwells. Psalms 21, 21, 1 and 2, he says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And then David points out in verses 6 through 8 in chapter 20 that his confidence, that his trust is not in the military. It's not in Israel's military strength. Although Israel was a strong nation militarily. But David points out that it was not in the strength of the military. It was not in its size. It was not in its capability. But David acknowledged that his trust or his faith or his confidence was not in the physical or the visible, but his trust and his confidence was in the unseen. The, his, his confidence was in the invisible God. Listen to what he said in verses 6 through 8 of chapter 20. He says, Now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He said he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Listen to what he says. I know the Lord will save his anointed. And he will answer from heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Remember, David has already acknowledged there's some kind of national distress going to listen. You look around, I believe it's obvious that our country is in some kind of distress right now. 
But David said this as he wrote, continues to write. And he says, some trust in chariots. Can I just insert that some trust, some rely, some depend, some believe in chariots and some in horses? But David says, but we, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. He says, they have bowed down and fallen, but he says, we have risen and stand upright for those that that trust in chariots, those that trust in the horses, those that trust in the military might. He said they've already fallen. But for those of us that have trusted in the name of the Lord, he said we have risen and will stand upright. Hallelujah. Here's an important lesson. Just because we live in a physical tangible world we must be careful not to trust in those things that we can see that we can touch or that we can feel you see David had horses David had chariots David had an army But what David recognized is that they were simply tools. That they were not, they were tools to be utilized, but not to trust in. They were tools to be utilized, but not to trust in. David, he put his trust in God. He used the tools that God, here's what I want to tell you, what David was saying. He says, these things that I'm just talking about. He said, chariots and horsemen and armies and those kinds of things, uh, doctors and medicine, friends and family uh, you know they all he said here's the problem with those things uh, they have limitations they have limitations, uh, money possessions uh, and things like that have limitations uh, and David said be careful he said these things are simply a tool uh, the doctor may tell you you've got a terminal disease or you have something wrong with you may prescribe medicine, they may run tests, uh, that's okay that's great, those are tools to be utilized, uh, but don't forget uh, we don't trust in those things uh, we trust in God because those things have limitations but the God that David is talking about he says I recognize that and I want to proclaim this to a nation in distress our God has no limitations hallelujah I love this I love this this has come to me at a time in my life that has simply but profoundly challenged me at 58 years of age to once again shift my focus, not on the tools and the things around me, but on the God who is my source. Amen. Not a nation, not a government, not its military strength. I do not have peace because of those things. I have peace because of the Prince of Peace today. Those things have limitations. Those things have boundaries. But my God and your God has no limitations. There are no boundaries to him. Hallelujah. Here's what David went on to say in Psalms 33. No king is saved by the multitude of an army. He said a mighty man is not delivered by great strength. He said a horse is a vain hope for safety. 
neither shall it deliver any by its great strength. But he said, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. I want to tell you today, I don't know where you've placed your trust. There are some places to misplace your trust. I would tell you that one of the greatest places to misplace your trust is in our government right now. Another place would be in yourself today. You know, there's a lot of talk today about trusting yourself. Well, I don't trust myself but I'll trust in God I have limitations but God has no limitations I'm here to tell you today you'll get disappointed if you place your trust in anything but God anyone but God that's why let me let me read it I get some I get wound up our soul waits for the Lord David said, no king is saved by the multitude. If David could say that, David ought to know what he's talking about. He's a king and he's a warrior. David knew at 16 years of age when he stepped out onto that first battleground or that public battleground. David knew that without God, he didn't stand a chance against Goliath. Even when Saul brought David to his tent, put all that armor on him, put, Saul, put his own armor on him. You know, Saul stood head and shoulders above everybody. The Bible teaches us that. But here comes David, this young, scrappy, little 16-year-old boy, shepherd, you know, Bethlehemite, taking care of his dad's sheep. He'd only come there just to check on his brothers and to bring some food for the, for the folks up there. And next thing you know, he hears an old giant defying the armies of the living God. And David wonders, why in the world isn't somebody doing something about this? I'll tell you why. Because there was a king by the name of Saul that was trusting in his, uh, he was trusting in his army. He was trusting Brother Bobby in his military strength. Uh, he had forgot about the God uh, of Israel, the God who never slumbers and sleeps. Uh, he thought he forgot about the God, that great deliverer, deliverer who brought those children of Israel out of Egypt with a mighty strong hand. He forgot about that God. David, when they put that armor on, he said, I haven't, this hasn't been tried. Just get it off of me. All David needed, David, God had given him some tools. You know, he'd given him a shepherd's staff. Hmm, I don't think I need a shepherd's staff for this, this occasion. But he also gave him some more tools, a sling. Right? And he gave him a praise and he gave him some understanding and wisdom and revelation. David said, I don't need these things. All I need is an opportunity. And I'll show you what God can do. And David went and got him some stones, some smooth stones out of the brook. Amen. Somebody said he got more than one because he knew Goliath had some brothers. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't know. I can't tell you. The Bible doesn't say yay or nay. But here's what he did. He went out and he met Goliath. Goliath saw him, saw him and began to make fun of David. 
and begin to make fun of the armies of Israel. Is this the best you got? This is all you could do is throw this scrappy little lad my way. I'll, 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 I'll feed him to the fowls of the air. This guy, you, you know what? Goliath was insulted that they would send that young little boy out there to fight him. But that little boy had something that Goliath didn't know anything about. And evidently all the armies of Israel who were hiding behind their tents and hiding behind the stones and hiding behind the rocks and everything else, they didn't know either. But David had something. David knew somebody. You can trust in your horses. You can trust in your chariots. You can trust in the size of your army if you want to. But they have limitations. But my God, I'll tell you what my God did. He rescued me out of the paw of the bear and out of the Paul the lion already been there already done that I got the t-shirt and I'm here today to declare that this giant is going to be nothing different than that bear and that lion now I want to tell you honey you call it what you want to but David trusted in his God mm. I don't know what you're trusting in your stimulus check Some are trusting, what, what in the world, what's Uncle Sam going to give me next? Hello. Yes, sir. And the government, I mean, it's like a, it's like, have you ever seen piranhas? They go into a feeding frenzy. Once one of them gets the taste of blood, I mean, there's blood in the water. You know, it's like now, there's like this feeding frenzy. The government's tr dangled the carrot out in front of the American people, and we've gone into a feeding frenzy. What's the government going to give me next? We're depending on the government. Now the government tells you you can wear a mask or, 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 or what time you can get up and go to bed and what time this. And, you know, if you got to have this shot or you can't go there, I'm telling you, I I'm telling you, I'm not trusting in my government. I'm not trusting in the king. I'm trusting in the Lord. I want to tell you, there's a message here. There's a nation in distress. And there's a lot of folk that's trusted in the tangible, in the visible, in the physical, what they can see, what they can hear, what they can feel. I'm telling you, you better start trusting in the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. I, I really wouldn't even go preach about David. I don't even know how he got in here, but he did. But I want to tell you, when David stepped out onto the battlefield, he said, you come to me. He's what he said to Goliath. There needs to be a David mentality to hit the church of this 21st century and say, you know what? You come to me with your this and your that and your this and your that and your that and your this and whatever else, devil. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And today, and today, today I'll take your head and today I'll feed your carcass to the fowls of the air and today will be a new day. Because David didn't trust in Saul. He didn't trust in his armor. He didn't trust in those cowards that was behind him. He trusted in one and one alone. And that was the God, the creator of all things. God Almighty. God Almighty. Hallelujah. Blessed is that man. Psalms 40 and 4. That maketh the Lord his trust. Blessed is that man. You see, trust is the belief that God is reliable. David said, I don't know nothing about that armor, but I know about God. 
I don't know about this government, but I know about God. I don't know about stimulus checks, but I know about God. I don't know about, I don't know about a lot of this other mess, but I know about God. Amen. You see, to trust God means I have to trust His timing. To trust God means I have to trust His timing. Galatians 4 and 4 says, When the fullness of time came, God sent forth His Son. In Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, in in other words, when it was the right time. Somebody say, when it's the right time. Look at your neighbor and say, when it's the right time. You got to trust in God's timing. You see, John 11 says that Jesus showed up four days too late. No, it doesn't say that. It just says he showed up and Lazarus had been dead for four days. Can I just tell you something? God don't ever show up too late. He ain't never been too late. But we have to learn to trust in God's timing. Someone once said that the most difficult place to be in is God's waiting room. Cha-ching. Amen. You're looking at somebody that don't like to be in God's waiting room. I like to say, God, now I need this. And God says, bam, there it is. Just like Emerald Lagasse. Bam! Come on. Don't y'all look at me that way. Y'all pray, y'all want it right now, just like I do. You ask God for something, you want it right now, just like I do. Feel a little calling to teach, to preach, to do something. Bam, you want to be in the church running a thousand people tomorrow. Hmm? Got a little gift to play, to sing, whatever. Next thing you know, you want a record deal. Yeah. Nobody wants to hang out back there on the backside of the desert. Hallelujah. But we've got to, but one thing you gotta do in order to trust God, you gotta learn to trust God's timing with everything. God knows where you are. He knows who you are. He knows how to get you where he wants you to be. Oh, are you hearing me back there? I've been praying. I want to see my children saved. I do too. You know, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see this church. I want to see these altars full of lost people crying out to God, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. I want to see your sons and daughters, and I want to see it yesterday. I said, I want to see it yesterday. Anybody else want to see it yesterday? That's just because we, we, want, we want something. We know, God, that's your will, but we got to learn to trust in God's timing timing oh lord if you'd only been here Lazarus wouldn't have died what are we doing hanging around over here when Bethany's where we ought to be lord what are we doing hanging out here lord can you hear me he hears you and I wrote down here It'll be worth the wait. And I want, to, I want somebody to hear me right now. You're in a place right now. 
you, you, things ain't happening fast enough. Things aren't moving the way you want them to move. The things, the way you perceive they should move, the, the way you want them to move. I, I, and you're hanging out in God's waiting room, and you're just waiting for them to call your name. It's like standing, you know, it's like when you go to Texas Roadhouse, and they give you this name or this number, you know, and you just hang it out like, oh, my goodness, how much long am I going to have to wait to get that steak? But once they call your name, and once you get in there and they bring them big old rolls, and they bring that big old steak you've been sitting there waiting an hour and a half for, and you slice that baby and she's tender. You put it in your mouth and you just like, I mean, you can even think it's spiritual. I've tasted food so good I thought I felt the Holy Ghost. And you say, ah, it was worth the wait. I'm going to tell you, folks, if you'll trust God's timing, I'll tell you, he won't be too late. He will not be a minute too late for you. Just trust in the timing, and when God brings it, you'll say, my goodness, it was worth the wait. Hallelujah. Amen. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. To trust God means I have to trust his process. I have to trust his process. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder how many people the devil has talked out of something because they didn't trust God's process. You know, you know, always afraid of what could happen. Didn't didn't trust the process. Bailed out, got out too quick. Now, this is too uncomfortable. I'm glad Abraham didn't bail out. He trusted the process. Had to get past Ishmael. Had to get past his own mistakes. Had to get past his own uh, expediency. Getting ahead of God, him and Sarah. But finally when he trusted in the process, God said, I'm going to make of you, you're going to be a father of many nations. Amen. Your seed will be as the the stars of the heaven, the sands. I'm telling you, Lord, how long is it going to take? How's a hundred years sound? Well, you know, I don't know, but like he was 99 when Isaac came along. He had to trust the process. Had to trust the process. But thank God. What about David from shepherd to king? Esther from orphan to queen. And then the preserver of God's people. And then I thought about myself. I just threw me in there. What about Stephen Jackie? I didn't know we had to go to Brandenburg. I didn't know you had to go to Brandenburg to get to Cromwell. We hung out in Brandenburg for three years after God, three years, and said, you're going to Oak Grove. And we end up in Brandenburg. And you're thinking, what am I doing in Brandenburg? This ain't the way to get to Oak Grove. I was a lot closer. Lord, I just live right down the road. You shoved me off down here 70 miles. We're further away. You got to trust, if you're going to trust God, you got to trust the process. For three years, we hung out in Brandenburg, Kentucky. Went to a church that was broke, busted, and disgusted, and sent two people there that didn't have a clue about what they were doing. Had two little bitty kids. Heather was, what, three? And Emma, or Stacy was a little older than that. Right? Didn't know. Get there. A guy walks up to me, he sees me, right? I'm five foot six. 
I should impress anybody. If I didn't impress him for some reason. He's six foot five. It's Clarence Hodges. He says, You're the new pastor? Almost with with disbelief. I got my suit on, Brother Mike. I got my suit on. How much more evidence do you need to I'm the preacher? I got my suit and my tie on. He just looked at me and said, You're the pastor? I said, yeah, my name is Steve Leach, Clarence Hodges. Boy, you look like a little lamb among wolves up here. Ooh, 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 I didn't, you know, Mama didn't go there, Daddy didn't go there, Uncle, Uncle Jim and Aunt Sue didn't go to church there either. It's just me, Jackie, that's only it's three people I knew. Four? Are you including me? Am I preaching this or you, Ma? Okay. Can I take that back? The Lord doth retract that last statement. She's right there. There was four of us there. I am somebody. Amen. I thought it was until Clarence said what he did. But here's what I want to tell you. you got to trust the process. I didn't know that you had to go to Brandenburg to get to Oak Grove. But, honey, we just trusted the process. Well, God, if that's where you want us to go, that's where we'll go. And we went there, and God blessed, and God used us, and God helped us, and God matured us, and God growed us a little bit because God was getting us ready to come to Oak Grove. We just didn't know you had to go to Brandenburg to get here. And what I want to tell you today, all those of you that are just like, you let the devil talk you out of things you gotta trust the process you gotta trust the process and enjoy the journey I said enjoy the journey I said enjoy the journey my goodness don't let the devil talk God's got some great things even in the process even in their growing even in the things you don't even have a clue about even when they look at you and say you're the preacher I got papers It don't matter whether they believe in you or not. Oh, I just I think I just felt the Holy Ghost kick in another, a whole other thing right here. Somebody say another thing. Oh, even if they don't believe in you. Even at the even at the church that God sends you to, or that class He sends you to teach, or, or what that, that, that group He sends you to lead, if they they look at you and say, You're it. You just smile. You just rear your shoulders back, amen, even if you don't believe it yourself and say, yep, I'm it. This is what you got. They didn't think much about David either, but David said, yep, this is what you got. But at the end of the day, it proved out David was God's man. If you'll trust the process, if you'll trust his timing, at the end of the day, God will show them you're my man and you're my woman for the job. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm trusting God's process. Trust in his process. Amen. You got to trust his timing. You got to trust his timing. Somebody say it'll be worth being uncomfortable. It'll be worth being uncomfortable. Amen. To trust God means I got to trust his wisdom. Hello? It isn't always going to make sense. I don't know what you're expecting today. But this is what you're getting today. 
it isn't always going to make sense. You've got to trust the wisdom of God. Listen to this. Listen to this. I don't know why Naaman had to go to Muddy Jordan River and dip seven times to get rid of his leprosy. But that's the wisdom of God, right? That's right. Somebody say yes. 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 Listen, I don't know why Noah, I don't know why God told him to build an ark. Now, I'm kind of referencing this as if I was there when Noah built the ark. Now I know why Noah built the ark, just like you do. Now I know why I had to go to Brandenburg. Amen. But then I didn't. But I wonder, Noah, you must have thought, God, a flood, it ain't even ever rained. You got to trust in the wisdom of God. Building an ark, they're going to think I'm the biggest fool this side of heaven. Build the ark, even if it doesn't make sense. Amen. Do what God's called you to do, even if it doesn't make sense. Trust in His wisdom. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And what I'm telling you today is sometimes if you're going to be used of God, if you're going to put the devil out of the way, and you're going to take the risk, you're going to be uncomfortable, you're going to wait on God's timing, you've got to trust in His wisdom. Amen. Because in life there's just going to be things you're not going to understand. And you're going to say, God, why are you doing this? Hello? Sometimes things don't make sense. Sometimes trouble, delays, closed doors, people that betrayed you, prayers that haven't been answered. It just doesn't make sense, right? It doesn't make sense now, but God will one day connect all the dots. I mean, I'm just looking at, when I look at you, I'm not preaching at you. I'm looking at you. And I see you. And I see people. And God's brought a long way, and I see others of you today that God wants to take somewhere. But you got to trust. you got to completely and fully Without reservation. Just try it, it don't make God, that don't make sense. What why why? Oh, I, could, I, I can think of the ten better ways to do that than that. God. And you know what? We'll usually exhaust ourselves trying to do them all ten ways only to produce nothing but failure. And disappointment. And then when you finally come to the place and the realization that God knows more than you do, be real gentle, but just nudge them, your neighbor, and just tell them politely, God knows more than you do. You can say that, they won't get mad at you. God knows more than you do. And when you finally come to that, God you will see how that God will connect all the little dots. I, I can't help it, but even still today, when I go to Pizza Hut, I have to flip over the little placemat. I can't help myself. i got to connect the dots. Even if it's the same placemat 
that's been there for the last 10 years, and there's, even when I get done, it's the same picture. I still got to do it. I love to connect the dots. And I think sometimes, God, are you kind of like, I mean, we're not, but, and God's like, I just like to connect the dots. <laughs> and you know, we're kind of like going crazy down here, and God's like connecting the dots. But when that last one comes together, and we're preaching, and we're teaching, and we're singing, and we're leading, and we're interceding, and we're that mom and that dad, and we're, and we're, and we're that intercessor, and we're that person that witnesses, or, or we're that person that's just doing what God's called us to do. They're like, oh, man, that's what you wanted me to do. That's what all that pain and struggle and disappointment was all about. That's why you had to separate me from that person and get me out of that situation and bring me, because all things really do work together for good to them that love God who are the called according to his purpose. You gotta trust in his wisdom. Amen. It's going to be worth the risk. I'm going to leave you with this because I know you're getting tired. I'm getting a little tired myself. But to trust God means this may be the most important one point I make all day. But you have to learn to trust His silence. Hmm. Whoo. Who do you got in mind, preacher? Because I know you're going to give us some kind of biblical reference here. Well, just so happens I am. There was a certain man, had it all, lost it all, and got it all back and then some. But in the process of it all, here's what he said. Because he waited a long time in silence. And finally, he just said, though he slay me. Come on, somebody. You know what it says. And you know who I'm talking about. He said, though he slay me, yet will I trust, trust in him. Trust in him. Hallelujah. As I close this morning. You, you have to you have to believe that when David penned these words in Psalms 20 and 21 and when he says to the nation that's in distress listen don't put your trust in the things that you can see around you don't trust in all of those things you can have a great fr- should we trust people to the degree they'll let us Hello. But they're a tool. I trust Brother Bobby, but I don't trust in him. I trust in God. He should trust me, but not in me. I'm a preacher. I'm fallible. I'm a human being. I'm fallible. Let me just discard that statement about being a preacher. I'm a human being. I'm born again. I'm full of God's spirit and power. I love him, but I'm fallible. God's infallible. God's word is infallible. I'll promise you that if you put your trust in any one human being long enough, they will disappoint you in some way, shape, or form. That's why I'm here to tell you, put your trust in God. David said, put your trust in God. 
David had some mighty men around him, did he not? But still he trusted in God. As you stand with me in conclusion today, let me give you this. This is why we trust God. When trusting God, we must, number one, we got to trust who He is. I said we must trust who He is. Give me just a few more minutes. Psalms 33.20 says, We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in His holy name. You, you can't trust in somebody you don't know. In the Bible, God is known by more than 900 names and titles. Each one of those names and titles defines a certain characteristic about who God is. I said each one of those 900 names and titles define who God's character is, who He is, what He is. Secondly, we got to trust in what He says. Psalms 145 says that the Lord is faithful to all His promises. To all His promises. And He's loving over everything that He's made. And then finally, we must trust. We must trust. This is, this is so important. In how much He loves us. That's what's going to get you through the whole waiting, His timing, His his process, his wisdom, his silence, is knowing that you can trust in how much he loves you. Romans 8 says this, I am persuaded, Paul writes, that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. You come today, you come perhaps a bit distraught, maybe too strong of a word, but anxious about things, our world, our nation, we are a nation in crisis. But God sent me here today. You and I, God, all of us, to have this divine encounter. As a messenger of the Lord for me to tell you, don't trust in horses. Don't trust in chariots. Don't trust in anything except God. Anyone. Because He is reliable. He is good. He is honest. He has no motives, no ulterior motives. His plans are the best. Are the best for all of us here today.
Father in heaven, I love you. I honor you. God, I lift up at this particular place in this service. I lift up the name of Jesus to every person here. God, I exalt you. I magnify you in the presence of your people. And I ask you this morning, Lord, to help us to trust you more and more and more and more. There are so many here today. God, they're, they're, they're in the process. They're leaning on your wisdom. They're in your waiting room. Trusting in your timing. God, I pray as you're connecting the dots, as you're bringing them to a place where, God, they're going to be vessels, meat for the Master's use. Hey, God, that you would, God, that you would use them greatly. You would use them mightily. And God, help them not to get discouraged because, God, you have great and awesome and wonderful plans. Moms and dads, grandparents, aunts and uncles, all of us today fitly framed together, completely brought together through no other means but through the blood of your Son, Jesus, Father. And now we've been brought together as the church. And there are some here today, God, that serve as the ear, the nose, the eyes, the mouth the hands, the feet, some the inward, inward parts. But all of us collectively make up the very body of Christ. And all of us are distinctly and uniquely called and chosen and gifted. Now, Lord, help us to fulfill that, to walk in that, to not, to not get discouraged or turn away from it, but to trust in you, to trust in you. As Peter trusted in you when he stepped out of the boat, So, God, today, today, God, continue the work that you have begun in each of us until the day of Christ. And, Father, if there is any that are lost among us, any that are unsaved and unprepared for eternity, God, I pray today is the day, not tomorrow, but today is the day that they will be saved That's my prayer in Jesus' name.